You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live from the back garage of the palatial DeSantis family estates. I'm your old pal Sanders. I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you're keeping score at home, this is episode 65, the half marathon edition. Nice. This, um, by the time this comes out, um, it will be the eve of... Um, of my long-awaited, much-anticipated half-marathon distance-running debut. <clears throat> and uh, like any good, or probably any bad, long-distance runner, I need to uh, I need plenty of distraction yeah. to make it through the run. So um, I'm queuing up a couple things to listen to, and uh, <clears throat> and this podcast is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> How, how's that for bordering on narcissism? Yeah, that sounds kind of rough to listen to podcasts as you run 13.1 miles. I've been listening to, um, so the last uh, last three or four weeks, um, I've run seven miles, nine miles, ten miles. And each of those runs, I've listened to a podcast. The seven-mile run, I actually listened to one of our podcasts, and it was... Um, uh, it was it was entertaining. It was funny. I listen to them anyway because I got to edit them, yeah. and I like to hear you know that that everything came out okay. But um, I usually don't listen for content. You know, I just I just want to make sure that like okay, it it works, and if people listen to it, uh, they'll enjoy it, and there's not a lot of like feedback and shit like that. But for uh, the purpose of running. I actually listened to it, and it's it's, it's semi enjoyable. We come off as um, as uh, dare I say endearing <laughs> at best, and um, not totally fucking obnoxious at worst. So uh, I'll take that range. So do you listen to some obnoxious podcast other than ours? Um, no, I try to. I I dabble in a couple different things, um, and quickly weed out the obnoxious ones. I, I tend to listen to, um, you know, kind of more endearing goofball, um, day-in-the-life kind of stuff. I listen to a few highbrow ones like uh, Freakonomics. Yeah. Uh, what's the uh, what's the uh, NPR one I listen to? Um, is it Ira Glass? Yes, it's Ira Glass. This American Life. <laughs> this American Life, which is good, which is nice. Um, very soothing. There's just something about NPR. Next and all things considered, we'll yeah. be talking about... <laughs> Next and all things considered, I'll be trying not to kill myself. <laughs> resisting the urge to swallow gunmetal. <laughs> it always killed me. When I was younger, you know, I used to get the... Uh, you know, the carpool to school with the the people that live behind us, and you know, we've known them our whole lives. They share the back fence with us, but they're nerds, right? You know, very right. nice people, but like you know, the husband and wife. You know, the husband was a lawyer, but a law professor, and the wife was like a 
I think she was she was some type of professor too, you know, and they were uh they had a son and a daughter, and the daughter was probably like three years old than me, but the son was like a year older than me, and he went to high school with me. And they were, you know, they were always listening to NPR when the dad would bring us to school in the morning. You know, they'd be like, next and all things considered. You know, it was all, you know, so <laughs> serene. But like when, like uh, at the end of the school day when they'd pick us up, you know, or invariably, if it was the mother or the father, it would be the same thing, you know. Because uh, the oldest one was, you know, the really smart. Like the like the kid at Y, he had been working on the same science fair project for like 10 years. Like the project <laughs> he started on, the fifth grade, he was still working on senior year of high school or something. What was it, it was, cloning sheep? It was the Mobius strip, you know. You ever heard of a Mobius strip? No. No. Well, look it up. (laughs) (laughs) It kept building on itself. And, uh, but the the oldest sister was a real, you know, she was the real nerd, the high achiever, you know? Okay. Uh, But, and we always had to, like, be, you know, pitted against her. You get in the car and be like, well, uh, you know, oh, you got that uh, chemistry exam back today or something. What'd you get on that? It, it would be like, you know, just standard chat. And then when they get around to the ugliness of what he got on, a, what he got on his test, be like B plus and be like, and wah! You know? <laughs> and then it would be awkward silence the whole rest of the way home. <laughs> uh, well, oh, man. I, I used to be like, man, getting yelled at for getting like a B. <laughs> Um, How I, awful would that be, you know? Getting a B was, you know, I mean, it wasn't cause for, like, celebration, but it wasn't cause for getting yelled at in my family. <laughs> it's above average. It's a good grade. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, but if he's not getting an A, he's a disappointment. <laughs> oh, and why? And then they give him the silent treatment. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's funny. You know, I... <clears throat> I don't know. I I don't want to say that I've got an identity crisis, but like, I, I, there's times where I wish I I I was somebody who listened to NPR and like had a serene, genteel mm-hmm. demeanor, you know, in all situations and all circumstances. Like, you know, I think Jeff Bridges. I don't know if Jeff Bridges is Jeff Bridges. is playing a a Jeff Bridges character or if he's really like he appears to be because that's kind of like a happy medium of you know ne'er do well happy go lucky and serious at his uh, you know at his craft yeah you know what I mean but like I don't I, I, I'm not built that way. Yeah, but then again, he's an actor. Yeah, it's true. It's true, but I still, sometimes I find myself when I get in a particularly, you know, uh, stressful situation that shouldn't be stressing me out. I stop and think, what would Jeff do? (laughs) You know? Like, I was trying to get something, it was, what the fuck was I doing? Oh, I had some, uh, it's it's ALS season. So, uh, I have a bunch of uh, materials 
that I've been carting around. ALS season. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these materials that I've been carting around. <laughs> ALS season. Yay! <laughs> it does sound right. Right. It's ALS. People being uh, afflicted with a painfully crippling disease. <laughs> Fatal disease. Uh, how about ALS walk season? How's that? Mm-hmm. Sure, that works. It's um, fundraising season. Fundraising season. So mm-hmm. I, I had him in the garage, which isn't my garage. So, you know, I'm already a uh, a foreign matter body in that ecosystem. So I, I've got no say. But I'm like, oh, I can't get these boxes. I'm going to try to... Um, rearrange this garage but it's raining out so i'm trying to do all of the rearranging from inside the garage yeah which is impossible by definition <laughs> to rearrange a garage well you yeah because you got to put stuff somewhere exactly yeah. and there's a car parked right in front of the garage and the garage door is so old that uh the house is 40 years old it's only the second garage door that's ever been on the house and um, it doesn't stay up by itself, so you need to um, prop like a pole or something in the track so it doesn't come crashing down on you. And the thing must weigh 250 pounds because it would kill a small child. <laughs> <laughs> but over the years, I guess we've lost the pole. So now there's only like a four-foot-high stake that is... Um, that is commissioned to hold the door up. So there's only a four foot high entry. So the door is halfway down and there's a car parked in front of it. And I'm trying to move a John Deere tractor, a snow blower, a power washer, two bicycles, and an assortment of lawn uh, um, instruments, rakes and shovels and whatnot. And it's only a quarter of a garage because the garage has been partitioned to have a like a den area in the middle. So there's a front garage and there's a back garage. Okay. Um, so I'm getting myself frustrated. But I'm not getting frustrated because it's not working out. I'm getting frustrated because I should have never began this project in the first place. You had the point where you got to complete it since you began it. Exactly. Because you already messed it up so much. Exactly. But I'm cursing myself the entire time for being such an idiot to not realize that I shouldn't have started it in the first place. You Are know? you questioning what would Jeff Bridges do? I'm now questioning what would Jeff Bridges do in this particular... I tend to think Jeff Bridges would not ever be doing that type of work for one. I doubt Jeff Bridges ever had to do that type of work. I mean, he's the son of a famous Hollywood actor. Touche. <laughs> Touche. I guess, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I, um, I've been, did I tell you I downloaded the um, Dreaming with Jeff guided sleep meditation? Uh, no, I did not hear about this. So the Super Bowl commercial? Yeah, yeah. Um, for whatever whatever website uh, development company that is. Um, so I was curious, and, and obviously now, with full disclosure, I'm a huge Jeff Bridges fan. So I like Jeff Bridges a lot myself, but my life isn't dedicated to practicing 
the doll of Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yours is apparently. <laughs> so I went online and listened to this guided sleep meditation. And it's, um, it's a fundraiser for, um, I don't know, children who don't have shoes or don't have clean water or something like that. Some kid somewhere who needs some help. And you can listen to it for free, but to download it, it's a suggested donation. Yeah. It's like one of those things. We suggest you give $10. You could give $1. You can give $100. But if you listen to it online, it's free, but it continues to play over and over and over again until you shut it off. So I would use it to go to sleep, but I'd wake up at two or three times during the night to the Jeff Bridges guided sleep meditation. And it's not like a traditional guided sleep meditation where like, okay, now you are floating and let go of all your worries and then, oh, you're getting lighter and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's him just kind of goofing. It's, yeah. it's serious in so much as I think he's serious. But it's not a total goof off. He's he's trying to do something, but it's it's just like it's basically like this podcast where I don't know, we start with some type of basic intention, but somewhere along the line we get off the rails and maybe we bring it back, maybe we don't. Maybe people find it entertaining, maybe they don't. But at the end of the day, you know, we just kinda nod and go, Well, that's it. Either you're in on the joke or you're not. Hey, if this show found its popularity based on people listening to it to fall asleep, I would have no problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if all of a sudden we had a thousand subscribers and they were all, 900 of them were using this to fall asleep, I'd totally accept that. Yeah, that's what I. That's like, what I. If you want to go to sleep, listen to two sorry excuses. Those guys will... They will put you, it'll be lights out within five minutes. <laughs> like, fine, we need the downloads. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Maybe that should be our new strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Next up on Two Sorry Excuses. <laughs> so, I, I've been very mindful in... in art of tantric yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been very mindful in my place. Trappist monk in Kansas who just found a niche in the Bible Belt. (laughs) I love it. That's perfect. That's perfect. (laughs) But the whole problem with this this idea of, of, uh, of mindfulness is that it really just points out how frustrated I get on a normal basis and, and, and what little things I encounter set me off. So like in an attempt to, to kind of be more go with the flow, yeah, I found that I'm getting more frustrated because I'm realizing how hard it is to go with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's backfiring. Yeah, it's 
kind of paradoxical. It's paradoxical. Nice. Very good. Yes, it is. But um, the upside is I picked up a few. Uh, I picked up a few um, funny things um, that I thought were were show relevant in my own uh, revelation that um, I am, in fact, um, not particularly mindful, but very mindful at the same time. So I was doing um, a lot of this ALS uh, uh, awareness. And, and what we do is mostly like logistics for these fundraising events. But um, some of that responsibility entails uh, grassroots marketing. So we go out in the communities where these walks are going to take place and we put out, you know, we go door to door essentially, or we put a team together that goes door to door and gets um, businesses to put up posters, stuff like that, you know, real yeah. community based stuff. And um, my job is primarily to put together teams of like the street teams, they're called, and, you know, to, to go out and supervise them and, you know, make sure they have the materials and here's the strategy, here's where you're going to hit, blah, blah, blah. But I found that if I assemble the right team and jump in with them, it cuts the production time down by like 40%. Yeah. So like we're in and we're out. And so I got a couple good, really sharp, young go-getters and kind of show them what to do. They follow my lead and then we're done. You know, what would normally take eight hours is we're done in five. So instead of trekking up to Westchester County two days next week, you know, and spending, you know, five or six hours schlepping around with a couple idiots, I'm going to get a couple good, sharp kids, and we're going to go up there, and we're going to bang the whole thing out in one day. Makes my life way easier. Yeah. But in order to get that done, I have to jump in and do a little, uh, um, what's it called? Leg work. I got to do yep. some, I got to do some heavy lifting. So yeah, get the feet uh, on the ground. I, I, f I found myself being a lot more observant in dealing. Obviously, I'm dealing with a couple hundred people a day, so it's easy to, to just to kind of, you know, paint with a broad brush. But we've found that there are certain types of businesses and there are certain types of communities that aren't very receptive to. Um, Soliciting. I guess that's that, that's really what we're doing. We're going in. Yeah. And we're asking you to do something. I guess by definition, we're solicitors. We'll call it canvassing. <clears throat> I like that better. Yes. I like better that better. Um, typically, if your company has a sign that says "No soliciting," I pass on by. I don't. If you're a big enough of a douche to put a sign on your door. To preemptively keep people out, then I certainly don't want to have a dealing with you to try to get you to display my little poster. You know? Yeah. I got better things to do. Like, I'll go to the next store. But um, if your company or your business doesn't have the sign, I'll, I'll go in. My guys go in. We say, hey, listen, do you mind checking this out? Uh, put it up by the register. Blah, blah, blah. They're like, sure. No lie. 99% of the um, 
the stores. Sure, no problem. And even if they're not sure, they take it anyway. Maybe they throw it out when I leave. Who knows? But at least they're like, it's a good cause. I don't want to be a jerk. Yeah. The 1%, this is very similar to your, um, very similar to your uh, pickup truck theory. 99% of all people yeah. who drive pickup trucks are assholes. Yep. 99% of people who own Chinese food restaurants are assholes. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. They're all suspicious probably of everybody, too. Huh? And um, they... <coughs> you think they were... I was going to say, you think they were paying by the square foot, but they literally are paying by the square foot. That's how commercial real estate works. Yes, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> Typically. <laughs> What's the rent per square foot? <laughs> uh, so that uh, that kind of you takes. You think me. they're paying by the cubic foot? Let's go there. <laughs> you think they're paying by the volume of the restaurants? Uh, you would think that their counters were paved with gold. Yes. Because they don't want anything on there, and normally, um, whatever. I don't have time. I don't want to argue. This isn't my cause. Uh, I've become very sympathetic to the ALS Association, but at the same time, like, eh, I'm kind of a hired gun, you know? I gotta move weight. I gotta do volume. So I'm not gonna stand there and argue. I'm gonna turn around, walk out. Maybe I'll leave it on the garbage can, but whatever. These things cost money. I don't want to waste them. But in this particular instance, it was the last stop, and I was waiting for um, my team to finish up anyway. So I had some time to kill and I've had like three or four weeks of this pent up hostility. One of my problems, despite the fact I like to think of myself as a, uh, as, as witty and quick, I'm, I'm the guy who, when somebody walks away is when I'm able to deliver the perfect comeback or the perfect insult, you know? Yeah. So I've been crafting a conversation. You're like George Costanza. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, the jerk store called for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect because that's exactly what this is. Because I'm having the same interaction 15, 20, 25 times a day for like three weeks. And I'm just biting my tongue. But every time I bite my tongue, my retort gets sharper and sharper. So finally I walk into this Chinese food restaurant, which is a little more, um, a little more cosmopolitan than the typical Jersey Chinese food place. It's got a nice paint job. Uh, the girl behind the counter is wearing a visor. Um, it, it's just not typical for around here. Yeah. Most of them are dumps and they... You yeah, know. like a lot of Chinese restaurants. <coughs> Very good. All right, so you're with me. Can be sometimes, yes. So I offer her the um, the promotional materials, and she says, no, I'm sorry. Um, I said, come on, it's for a good cause. It's a community-based activity. Um, you know, we really want to get the information out in the community, and we'd welcome you to come to the event, have some free food and listen to some free music. You know, your, your help would be very much appreciated. She says, sorry, we, you know, we have no room. So my response 
which I thought was really, really quick and really, really sharp. Um, whether or not she responded, I knew it was sharp and it was quick once I got her response. Because I asked her if, um, does, <laughs> do all the people that they give, uh, Chinese menus to want their Chinese food menus. And <laughs> I got her because she didn't know what to say. And she just kind of laughed. But I, I, I should have let her off the hook there because she knew that I got her. But I said, oh, I suppose, I suppose that, uh, that everybody who gets one of your menus wants one of your menus. What if they don't have room for your menu? You don't, you don't care. You put it on my doorknob. And... She just kind of said, you know, sorry, we don't have room. We don't have room. So I told her that I was going to collect all of the Chinese food menus. <laughs> <laughs> and bring them and dump them on her counter. And see how she liked it. Because she'd probably have room for all her Chinese food menus. <laughs> and I felt so good at the time, you know. Yeah, nothing like a guy working for charity threatening people. <laughs> And then it, I walked Threatening out. people who don't want to be charitable. Yes. <laughs> and I walked out and I'm like, oh, that was a lot less satisfying than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I walked into a, um, a tax um, preparer's office and uh, I said the same spiel. Hey, do you mind putting this here? Blah, blah, blah. And she said, hey, listen, it's, uh, it's April 17th. Um, I'm done with taxes. Tax season's over. In two days, I'm actually going to Florida, and I'll be gone for two weeks. And I was like, oh, you know what? That's fair enough. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And she looks at me and goes, well, next year, why don't you come get your taxes done here? And I go, oh, that's yeah, that's a good one. Thanks. And she said, yeah, seriously. Why don't you come get your taxes here? One good deed deserves another. And she was totally serious. And I looked at her and I was like, you didn't do a good deed, though. Yeah. You did the opposite of a good deed, which was tell me you didn't have time to do a good deed. <laughs> I thought she was going to tell you to come before taxes because then people might want to donate since they can deduct it. Exactly. See, there you go, man. You're an outside-the-box thinker who's actually doing a good deed. Yeah. She was like, I've got no time for you, but you know what? Give me your business. <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with people? And what else did you I could have told her anything. I mean, she's not going to remember you a year from now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the, the one other thing I encountered uh, on, my, um, on my travels was um, I was at a pizza place uh, dropping off some stuff and this chick walks in probably I don't know in her 20s early 20s uh, and she has a shirt just a black t-shirt with red uh, writing block lettering that says fuck cancer <laughs> is <laughs> but, the person that works there? no 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 she's just uh, just a patron just a patron but and I think that's just kind of abusing the goodwill of cancer. You know what I mean? 
the goodwill of the anti-cancer movement. The goodwill of the anti-cancer. Yes. People. Because yeah, cause she's going to get mad at her because she's saying she's anti-cancer. As opposed to, fuck yeah, cancer. Right, 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 right. Right. But that's just an excuse to wear a shirt that says fuck. Yep. What if I walked around with a shirt that said fuck Bell's palsy? <laughs> Is that acceptable? I don't know if it's acceptable. I mean, you got your right to do it, but I don't know. Cancer and Bell, Bell's palsy are kind of the opposite <laughs> ends of the spectrum in terms of their fatality <laughs> levels. True. Seriousness. True. Oh, but, I was afflicted with Bell's palsy. Well, what happened? Oh, for like a month, one side of my face was numb <laughs> and paralyzed. Oh, but like you lost a lot of weight, though, probably. You were ill. You had to get radiation treatment. No, no, eventually it just came back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Uh-huh. Can't even remember when it was anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I know it happened a while back. Not sure when. <laughs> Uh, now, uh, but you had cancer, though, huh? <laughs> uh, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not pro cancer. <laughs> I'm just anti fuck cancer. Yes, yes, yes. You're just anti profanity. Yeah, because I think there's just a have some taste. I think there's a way more creative way to get your message across. Like, um, cancer sucks. Uh, well, not even... Okay, that's like... All right, that's just a little sophomoric, you know? Yeah. Um, Don't they have those shirts that say, like, cancer sucks? They, there's there's a great breast cancer shirt that says, Save the Tatas. Yeah, that stuff gets annoying to me. But at least it's creative. Yeah. You know? What, yeah. I mean... Like, what's the alternative? You know? Fuck breast cancer? Like, that's, that's just... Fuck all cancer. But, but that's it. it I don't know, just fight cancer, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why you need to say anything. I don't know. What, you know. <laughs> I mean, I should think that you not wearing a shirt that says anything about cancer does not indicate that you are pro cancer by the fact that you're not outwardly showing that you're against cancer. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> And and it's 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 just it's very base. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, I know. I don't crass. have a, a crass. I don't have a lot of patience for crass. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate something that's a little doesn't necessarily have to be highbrow, but something a little more creative, a little more thought out. Yeah. But there's a lot you're more you're trying to think of a perfect slogan anti cancer slogan <laughs> on T shirts, right? Well, I think I've just come up with the anti-anti-cancer slogan, and that's fuck, fuck, cancer. Yeah, fuck, fuck, cancer. <laughs> I guess you have to put fuck and then open quotes, fuck, cancer, close quotes. <laughs> I think that's what we're going to have to do. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, cancer. So, um, that's going to be the name of my new podcast. And, and all the proceeds are going to go to fighting cancer. Nice. That's the ironic part.
part the ironic twist for all you base crass mothers out there yeah with your fuck cancer shirts and your cancer sucks and whatever you have you know eating pizza at a pizza parlor at 11.30 on a Tuesday yeah get a job sir <laughs> it is true man you see all these people like today we're at lunch you know and today was a beautiful day it should be the last beautiful day for a while, probably. <laughs> what are you, Eeyore? <laughs> well, I just know bad weather's coming tomorrow. It, it was it was humid the other day, and then surprisingly it was cool today. Like, beautiful, sunny, perfect day, you know? Yeah. A great yeah. day to be in the office. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, lunch, and it's like, what do all these fucking people do? Who are so casually dressed at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday <laughs> hanging out. Uh, seriously. They all can't be in tourists or in college. Right. You know? And they're right. everywhere. These, I, uh, I don't know. I guess they just say, fuck it. I don't know. Maybe they're all independently wealthy. But the streets are flowing with people who look older than me, but not old enough to be retired, who are walking around in shorts and shit. And I know they're not all tourists. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And these towns where I'm where I'm doing a lot of this canvassing um, are not New York City. You know what I mean? So like yeah. New York really at any time of day, like flip a coin, tourist, local, unemployed, heroin addict. Well yeah, hooker, it's New York City, yeah. Like, you don't know. But like Long Branch, New Jersey, Saddlebrook, New Jersey, um, these are towns that these are, I don't know, middle class, working middle class towns. Yeah. Like, there, should, there should be zero people walking around. Yeah, yeah. There should be four people walking around. Me and the three other guys who are canvassing for ALS. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that are always just available for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> then again, I have two older brothers who don't work at all, so... <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I don't even think they leave their houses, though, really, so I don't know. <laughs> They're the exception to the rule, to the exception yeah. of the rule. Yes. <laughs> uh, good times. Good yeah. Times. Um, I have been, uh, I've been transitioning a little bit. I am now, um stationed uh, in the back garage with the dogs as the new uh, Two Sorry Excuses North studio. Now you gotta like keep extra eyes on the dogs now, huh? I gotta keep extra eyes on the dogs um, to which they've still gotten in way more trouble than they should be getting into at this point. But two, um, I've got some new roommates. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, My brother and his wife sold their house, and they're in the process of moving. Jeremy? Yeah, yeah. But um, his daughter's still in school, and will be in school for another couple months. So um, they have moved in. (laughs) 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 And it's like... A uh, a John Stamos sitcom. Yeah. 
<laughs> and he's got two little girls, and they're four and two. I think they're going to be five and three uh, this summer. Um, so they're cute, and they're funny. Um, you know, but they're little kids who aren't my little kids. So the interactions I have with them are limited. You know? Yeah. I can't, I can't tell them what to do. I can't, you know, impart any wisdom on them. I can't. You can't talk about the fuck cancer t-shirts with them. <laughs> right. Right. Luckily, they go to bed at 10 o'clock, so they're all good. No, no. They go to bed like 7.30. They're little kids, you know? Um, so they're, they're, they're funny and they're fun. Um, but they moved into my office. Yeah. So I had to clear out of there and look for uh, a new, uh, you know, kind of central hub. Someplace I can, you know, do some work. Someplace I can get some, some quiet. Someplace that I can stay out of everybody else's way. So the, the, uh, the last frontier... Literally, the last frontier uh, is the back garage. So, it's me and the dogs. A couple old carpets. Found a stool and a... Uh, what's this? Stool. <laughs> what's this thing called? What's it called? Press board. You know, like the stuff yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. plywood. Um, you put your arm on it and sawdust comes off. That's what, uh, there's an old workbench back here that's made of that. So I was able to clean up enough to, uh, to get um, back to some, like, you know, semblance of normalcy. <laughs> Quote, unquote, normalcy. Yeah. So, um, so that's why I've been delayed on getting episodes up and getting motivated to, to record a new episode because... I could have easily texted you and said, hey, listen, my brother moved in, and uh, i got to figure out a place for my computer. But at some point, you've got to have some shame, you know? <laughs> <laughs> at some point, dignity kicks in. It's like, come on. <laughs> you got to just, don't tell them. Just, you know, just figure it out. Be an adult. Find a place to plug your computer in. Get out of the front garage. Stop getting frustrated because you can't rearrange the lawnmower and get in the back garage and record a podcast. I like how your dignity's limited to plugging the computer <laughs> in something. Not actually moving out of the house. <laughs> uh, well, Have some dignity. Go to the back of the garage. Uh, Very well, <laughs> I've been working on the exit strategy. And, like, literally, I needed, you know, probably... you got so many other issues going on with that, though, right? With the what? I mean, you got so many issues going on with that. I mean... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Considering the, you know, the... Yeah, all the issues. We don't even get into detail. But, yes, right. I understand your problems. The scope of, of, um, of components is... Is is almost infinite, but what um, what I came up with was a was a two prong uh, strategy, and um, the first prong didn't go so well. I had somebody come out and look at my house um, in an attempt. Raspberry. 
in Asbury to give me an estimate on converting the basement into a studio apartment. The thought process is if I can convert that to a studio apartment, I can get back in there for the summer, which would be very desirable because one, it's a beach town and two, it, you know, it gives me a little more flexibility and a little more freedom and, and a little bit more normalcy. And I can do one of two things with that eventually. One, I can continue to live in, in that studio and have the house be paid for by renters who pay the mortgage. Yeah. And or eventually rent out the studio as uh, rental income and take back over the house and or use the basement as a home office. Okay. So, you know, I'm starting to um, to build out my business plan and, and get clientele. Um, hopefully this time next week I will be um, I will be duly deputized and sworn in by the court, uh, the Monmouth County um, uh, Monmouth County Juvenile um, Corrections Court as a JCC uh, supervisor. I'll take okay. on uh, caseloads of um, it's alternate. Um, it's like alternate sentencing. Kids who who are first-time offenders, non-violent offenders, um, get tracked in um, in an alternate program. It's more like a, a social work kind of program, but yeah, yeah. they need to appear before a board to state their case and and. Um, have their case overseen. So uh, a couple weeks ago, I interviewed for that um, committee and um, got appointed. So next, oh, not next, this Thursday, I have to go for the training. And I don't know what the training entails, but at the end of it, uh, we get sworn in. So that's like, sounds like what they have down here CASA, court appointed special advocates. Yep. It's like you deal with juveniles. Yeah, exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. So, uh, you know, from that, I hope to kind of springboard some of the other, um, you know, longer-term plans that, that I've been working on with the alternate dispute resolution and the mediation and stuff like that. So it would it would be nice to have an office um, with a separate entrance and, um, you know, the separated from from the rest of a living quarters, not just a room off, you know, off the hallway or something like that. But yeah. I, I don't necessarily know if that's going to be feasible. I think the house is too old. I think the basement's too small. I think the cost of getting it to the point where it needs to get is going to be cost prohibitive. I don't think it'd be worth it. So I have gone to exploring plan B, which is looking a more and more attractive but also pretty feasible. And uh, I don't know if we've talked about it, but it, have you heard about the tiny house movement? Yes, I think we have spoken about okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It caught my eye a couple months ago, and, and, and I was kind of kicking around the idea of whether or not it was something that was worth doing or, you know, it was just kind of a wild hair that I got up my ass. But uh, this... 
I've been doing a lot of legitimate research into it, and I think um, I think it's something that I'm going to explore. It's totally cost effective, um, and at the end of the day, it's it, it it ends up being a totally liquid asset. I'm done with it. I can sell the tiny house because it's on a trailer. Yeah. So that's how it has to work. It's got to be on a trailer in most places because it doesn't meet code. But um, I own, this is where it just kind of the light bulb went off. My house it sits on two lots. The, the, the yard that I have at my house is only a yard because the people before me bought the house that was next to them and tore it down. Oh, nice. So they wanted a yard. It was an old dilapidated house. And they're like, listen, we're not going to let some slumlord come in here and, um, you know, fix this up half-ass and rent it out Section 8. We're going to buy it and we're going to tear it down. We're going to have a nice yard. So the yard is totally big enough for... Um, a house for a house. If I wanted to go on and build a house, I could build a house, but it's totally big enough for a tiny house. Yeah. For a short-term, you know, yeah, flexible yeah, you. housing option that you can then sell when you're done with it, because the market for that kind of thing is starting to pick up. Like people are are buying into this little movement. So. Yeah, it's a big deal right now. There's micro hubs as well. Yeah. So I started to look into it. It's totally cost effective. Um, but like my, my marathon, my half marathon training, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to publicize it too much. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to kind of go out and do it. And when, when I've got some walls on a trailer, then I might invite somebody over to help me, you know, put up some sheetrock or something. But um, I'm going to kind of keep it low-key for a while. Good deal. Yeah, so I'll let you know how it goes. I'm not going to blog about it. Look at that. <laughs> blog start, about it. I'm not going to start an Instagram account. But uh, um, I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you posted. Um, hey, speaking of Slumlords, I saw that... Uh, that our main man Dolph Shays was in the news recently. Yeah, apparently he's being inducted into some kind of Hall of Fame and the Bronx Hall of Fame or something. Oh, really? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Was he was he down here or up here? No, I mean I saw it on Twitter. It was. What did they? It. I wonder if Derek Colvin's the one who retweeted it. I don't know. Somebody retweeted a picture from the NBA News Twitter. Okay. NBA legend Dolce is to be inducted in the Bronx Hall of Fame. You know, I I, I thought it was clearly related to him being our landlord. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why the hell the Bronx Hall of Fame or whatever it is would want him, want any business with him otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good point. Good yeah. point. Let's see. He was, um, oh, he was born in the Bronx. Yeah, I mean, I know that. 
I oh, I didn't. Would have I didn't realize put you, that. Put you together there, but <laughs> is he in the? Um, he's got to be. Is there a Jewish sports hall of fame? I'm sure there is. He's definitely in it if it exists. I mean, he's like the greatest Jewish basketball player of all time. Yeah. He also coached the, uh, you know, the, I think, I guess, the American Maccabees team, you know? Yes, he did. Yeah. He was also coach of the year of the Sixers once. He was really incredible, man. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, he was great at everything except being a landlord. (laughs) 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 Oh, he was a horrible landlord. Yeah, uh, <laughs> don't want your mother's have a vacuum <laughs> cleaner. They could give you us something. <laughs> Such a mess. Why are you in here? <laughs> I mean, I didn't even go to law school yet, but I knew that the landlord just couldn't come walking in your house at any moment. Right, right. <laughs> That's, um... That's my go-to doctrine, is the uh, warranty of quality, quiet habitability. Yes, yes. That's, and that's just, it's just common sense. Yeah, you're supposed to have quiet possession of this shit while you're the tenant, you know? Right. But he didn't care. He didn't care. Yeah. Um, what else you got? I don't really have anything right now, man. I guess at midnight, the smoking ban goes into effect in New Orleans, which I completely disagree with, but whatever. I don't smoke. I just think it's stupid. Wait, wait, wait. So, wow, this is... City council. This is strange. Okay, so you can smoke in the bars and restaurants in New Orleans? For about another hour and 57 minutes. Uh, Let me think. When did Laughlin go out? to California tooth no 90s because I was still in law school I think um, sometime around 99 98 99 2000 something like that I went out to visit Laughlin uh, he had moved out to San Francisco with um, yeah. with his um, now wife then girlfriend and we went out to a couple bars. Creedon was out there at the time. Like, you know, a couple people. Um, you know, uh, you know, Ferris's buddy D. Yeah, who Creedon became friends with. Damien or whatever. Damien, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, a bunch of those guys are out there, and we had known them from going to fish shows or, or, you know, just random travels. So a bunch of people got together, and we, you know, had a good time went out to the bar and I stepped inside the bar and, and I was like what something's different but I couldn't put my finger on it until Laughlin who's a, not only a, a big smoker Laughlin's a big smoker's rights advocate yeah you know he's the kind of guy that if he lived in New Hampshire and rode a motorcycle he wouldn't wear a helmet yeah I mean I'm all for people having the right to be stupid <laughs> and he was like I gotta go outside there's no smoking in bars and it was liberating because up until that point, like, going to a bar, going out for the night, not only consisted of getting wasted and waking up and feeling bad about yourself or what you ate, you also stunk. 
Yeah. Which was a pretty pretty hefty combination of of negatives. It was just kind of liberating to wake up and know that I just had to feel bad about myself and what I ate, and I didn't have to smell myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I washed some shirts the other night, and one of them was the shirt I wore last week when I was hanging out with Anderson and those guys. And I was like, oh, it smelled like cigarettes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, um, so what kind of reaction has that gotten? A lot of people are pissed about it. I mean, a lot of, like, the casino and all these other French, and then all these French Quarter businesses got together trying to sue them. A lot of locals are pissed because they think it's overreach. You know, I mean, New Orleans is a bar town. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just this one friggin' council person that pushed it through and they all hopped on board. Um, it just creates another layer of bureaucracy now because now there's an enforcement division of smoking. You know, I I don't know. I don't think, I think if you were to take it to a popular vote of the people, people would vote against it. You know, I, at first, like my instinct was a very, um, you know, was, was very egocentric in the sense that how does that affect me? I'm not a smoker and uh, I didn't have to sit in a smoky bar anymore and I didn't have to smell. So it was just like, this is a great idea. But then I did, you know, I did start to listen to the arguments. I did start to think about, okay, all these people are like, well, then I'm not going out anymore. I'll sit at home, you know. I'll buy a six-pack and I'll, I'll sit at home and I'll, you know, smoke my cigarettes and drink my beer and hang out. But, you know, after that initial outrage, after the initial brushback of, you know, this is too far-reaching, this is Big Brother, this is, you know... This is a government with his hand in my pocket or, you know, his his nose in my business. I think it just kind of settled back to the middle. Yeah, it's people, that's what happens. People give up fighting. That's how we're at where we are at this point in this country. People just keep seeding shit more and more, you know? Which is it's true. Like, I mean, that's, it's like people always think about themselves, oh, it's not going to affect me when they have all these little pass all these little laws and shit, you know, but then shit does affect you. Uh, but, I mean, the other part is there were already over, like, 100 bars, I guess, in the city that had freely chosen to not allow smoking in their establishments. Okay. All right. So that was going to be my question because I guess, you know, when we talk about stuff like this, uh, I don't want to say I feel hypocritical. I don't want to say that that, you know... I feel like I waffle, but I don't re like I, I consider myself if you, if you had to say, you know, do you identify with, um, you know, with a political party or a movement? I'd like to say that I'm a libertarian, libertarian, you know? Yeah. Like I like the government to stay out of my business, but from a very, you know, granular standpoint, I love the fact that. New York and New Jersey passed a law that said you can't smoke in bars. But really, you're right. Like the 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 approach would be don't pass that law. Yeah, I mean places where businesses don't want to have it and their clientele doesn't mind, fuck it. Then you then know? then it would be on me to find the places that freely banned it. 
Yeah, like and, the places, like they got all these hole-in-the-wall bars, you know, that are now being forced to give them cigarettes. Nobody was avoiding going there that was gone there, and nobody was avoiding working there that was working there because of the cigarettes. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. like, you know, they got that's the side they want to approach. Well, what about all the workers? It's like no one forces you to work in bars. It's not like, it's not indentured servant. It's not like... It's not like smoking in schools where kids have to be in school, <laughs> you know? Uh, true. You don't have to bartend or serve drinks, you know? You don't have to do that. You can go find another job. I mean, being a bartender, being a cocktail server, all that stuff starts out regardless of what these idiots with the whole mixologist and this uppity movement, it's unskilled labor, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, you might get good at it, but no one has to... You don't have to have 10 years of training to go do it, you know? Obviously, people have been doing it for a longer time, get better at it, but it's not like, it's not like you're something special. You can go do another job, and then they can replace you easily. Right. You know? So that's a bogus idea to me, you know? It's like, well, I got to work there. No, you don't. You can go get another job, you know? <laughs> uh, you sold me, man. You sold me. I'm with you. I mean, I don't smoke. I just think it's overreach. You yeah. Know, I just don't understand what point, you know, why don't you just shut down the bar straight up? Because people drinking like that is unhealthy, you know? Right. You can, it's already an unhealthy place. Yeah. You know? It is, we don't it, want people getting sick from smoking, but we don't mind them pickling their livers while they're doing it. It is very slippery slope and hypocritical. Yes. I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. People that have some control over stuff, just like the whole thing with the helmets I, or seatbelts. I would never drive my car without a seatbelt on. I, if I rode a motorcycle, I wouldn't do a helmet on. But if you're 18 and you want to be stupid enough to do that, you should have the right. I don't know. The other side is, well, public has to pay for it if they get hurt. Well, why should we? <laughs> Seriously, you know. I do. I agree with that. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, why should we? Huh? But whatever. That's my rant for the night. I don't go out that often anyway, and I'll smoke when I do, so it definitely will not affect me. You know, I mean, when I worked in Boston is when they changed the law. My biggest problem with it was I was working the door, so now. Right, not long after I started working the door at the poorhouse, they the law changed. It's like great. So now I'm going to be annoyed with more customers, you know? Right. Because those are the most annoying people, the people who are out there smoke because they want to talk to somebody. <laughs> and who are they fucking talking to? Me. <laughs> you should have wore a shirt that said "fuck fuck cigarettes." Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh well, then on that note, man. Yeah, so there you go. In an hour and 48 minutes, there will be no more smoking in New Orleans bars, and the world will be a better place. Well, let's hope so. Yes, because all those people you know who are dying from secondhand smoke won't be dying anymore. That's right. Of which I know exactly zero. <laughs> I mean, I see people that hack their lungs up. Oh, I'm a smoker. Oh, I can't run. I used to be a smoker. I haven't met one of those people. Oh, I'm a secondhand smoker. Oh, I secondhand smoked for 20 years. That's why I'm always coughing. 
<laughs> show me them. They talk about these studies, but show me the people, you know? I don't want studies. I want hard evidence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was ever like, oh, man, I really got to quit secondhand smoking cigarettes. <laughs> oh. I, I don't know oh, if you're a secondhand smoker. You're the coffin. I don't know if it was like a Portlandia episode or something, but or if it was a real thing, but I'd heard about a third-hand smoke, anti-third-hand smoke movement. <laughs> it's got to be a joke. Because <laughs> right. I'm wondering, what could that even be? Maybe the stuff on your clothes after somebody's been in a bar. <laughs> Maybe. Speaking of Portlandia, not that I watched the show, but it involves the type of people that probably pushed... That were probably the real ones that pushed this ordinance through. Right. All the people that moved here since Katrina. You know? Yeah. You're Portlandia types. Oh, type of, oh. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know, you're, you're typical hipster, carpetbagger, gonna save the city from itself type of people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think those people had a lot to do with pushing it through. Oh, I can imagine. Same people that move in the neighborhoods because of the charm and they want to shut down all the music clubs because they make too much noise and people are all hanging out and drinking in the streets. Yeah. I, I ran Lord. into one of those guys. Asbury Park's a very similar type of place. Yes. You know, like, they want to move in because it's quaint and, and the property uh, values are low and they can get a steal and come in and clean it up and then, you know, complain that there's... No parking the or character of the town. Yeah. There's no infrastructure, and uh, I was in the coffee shop doing some work today. That's the other place you find some, uh, some, some non sequiturs uh, in terms of anecdotes. Uh, guy comes in, and he's on his cell phone, yeah. middle of the day, and he's got jeans and, and a t-shirt and flip flops on, and he's yapping away on his cell phone, and he's ordering uh, his coffee. While he's talking on the cell phone. So he's not giving full attention to anybody. He's just being a colossal douchebag to everybody. And he s orders a coffee. And he tells the lady, um, uh, my name is, Ma oh, what's your name? He says, Maximilian. Oh, what a douche. And he says, and don't put Max. I don't believe in nicknames. Put Maximilian. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I don't believe in excessively writing excessively long <laughs> names on fucking cups, you moron. Right, let alone Maximilian. That's yes. not even a real name. Now, Maximilian I've come... Michelle. I've Somewhere yeah. along the line, I, I became Matt. Yeah. I, I've always kind of gone by a nickname, but in, in, in the instances where I had to give my, my birth name somewhere... I adopted Matt. I, I don't know how. My family calls me Matthew. Um, I'm called Matt. Yeah, I don't self-identify self with either one in particular. I think Matt is typically easier. Sounds a little less pretentious. But um, what I've started to do recently is if I have to give my name, I will, I'll say Matthew. Because people don't confuse that with Max. They don't confuse it with... with Anything else? Oh, well, can I tell you about that then? Yeah. I think I, I might have discussed this before. How uh, commonly black people, when I tell them my name is Matt, this has happened my whole life. 
and particularly with black people for some reason. And I don't understand why, but when they ask me my name, I say Mac. They, they say, okay, Mac. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, I mean, I can't believe they're all fans of Night Court. They're <laughs> the one black character was named Mac on there, but yeah, I yeah. never have gotten it my whole life. And then, like, I was complaining about it to somebody, and I go to, to Popeye's. This is a couple of years ago. And they're like, what's your name? I said, Mac. And get the, I get the receipt back because they put my name on it. It says Mac. Yeah. And then I got this client. And like a month ago, you know, I'm talking to him, and he's calling me Mac. I was like, the name's Matt, as in Matthew. And he's like, all right. He's like, oh, oh, okay. All right, all right, Matt. And then I talked to him next time, and he keeps calling me Mac. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm not even going to correct him anymore. <laughs> yeah, I typically don't correct people. I get a lot of Mike for whatever Mike? reason. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I look like a Mike or they're just not listening and they hear an M name. But um, so, uh, you know, I've, I've tended to, 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 to use Matthew if it's something where people are, um, you know, going to write my name down or it's a reservation yeah. or something like that. But this guy was just an absolute douche. Who, who I don't believe in nicknames? Yeah, well, they exist, asshole. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not something... Like me saying, I don't believe the earth is round. Well, you're wrong. Right. <laughs> uh, by the way, third-hand smoke is generally considered to be the residual nicotine and other chemicals left on a variety of indoor surfaces by tobacco smoke, the Mayo Clinic. Okay. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, but, like, um, yeah, I remember when I was little, I'd go to Chuck E. Cheese, you know, whenever I go cash the tickets in, you know, they'd always want to know your name, you know? Yeah. And invariably, they'd be like, okay, Mac. And I'd be like, <laughs> why Mac? <laughs> but uh, I don't like to go by Matthew because it sounds pretentious. Or it both sounds pretentious. And also, it's like something. Gay guys always call each other by the full version. Of <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh, Matthew. Oh, Christopher, what's going on? Uh, you know. <laughs> I went from um, of course there's certain gay names that you can't call by a long version like Troy <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to write that down I didn't realize that <laughs> oh they love calling each other by their full names I went from uh, Sanders to Matthew in my um, in my uh, Jody Skolnick relationship uh Girls will always start calling you by the property. Seemingly overnight. Like, literally, we were out one night, and then the next morning, I was Matthew. Yeah, a girl who's in a relationship with you doesn't want to call you a nickname. Right. You know, it goes, if, if you start out knowing a girl and she knows you as a nickname, she's calling you by the proper name event pretty soon. You know? Yeah. It, I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's a different... No, because only certain people should call you by, you know, if you got a nickname, only certain people should call you by your real name. You know, like your family. And then, you know, somebody who you're intimately involved with, because it's a different level of knowing you. Right. You know? Right. So, Nakedly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
in case mean, in case you weren't sure. I have a. Uh, I remember when I was little, like in you know sixth grade or something. I had a couple of good friends, and they started calling me Liva, like L I V A, you know. Okay. And then once I got to high school, I was just pretty much called Liva Carey, you know. Right. And then in college, there was a friend, a guy I was friends with. Uh, he was from New Jersey, Italian kid from like Montville, you know, and he used to like, you know, my name was, you know, Liver Carey, so he'd be like, Liver this, Liver that, you know, he'd put stuff behind it, eventually just got cut down the live, you know, and that's how I ended up becoming Liv, you know. Yeah, you shouldn't really even take a name until you get to college. Yeah. Because high school nicknames aren't particularly smart nicknames you know well yeah shaggy's nickname in high school was ammo because his last name's amorosi okay you know which is weird because when he have i remember him having a buddy come up you know we're all calling him shaggy and the buddy's calling him ammo you know right right shaggy's a much better nickname yeah because he did look like shaggy oh by the way <laughs> by the way how about uh how about uh, New Shaggy? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, did, I, did I tell you about how I took a screenshot of that? Uh, I didn't have Shaggy's phone number, but I, but I am Facebook friends with Shaggy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so, so great. So the day that happened, uh, Floyd, and, you know, you know that guy had to be getting sick of Floyd. Well, so those text messages started, I, I want to say, almost a year ago. Yeah. Which, well, what I'm saying is Floyd, you know, he's a weirdo. He probably sends text messages to that to that number alone, like outside. Oh, of oh, oh, okay. All, all right. The time on top of it. Right. And I right. think DP was probably, you know, he's not as egregious as... as as Floyd, but if he texted people, that's who he would be texting. Right. But but go on. I'm sorry. Tell the story. Okay. So so we're on this group text that maybe had gotten started on like November sixth, and it was a happy 1106 day that that made its rounds to a bunch of random people. Uh, I know Peters, Reardon, Cooper, BP, Soap, Live, and a bunch of numbers. I don't I don't know. Floyd happened to get on one of these, uh, is on this, this chain of messages. So now he's got the numbers of all these guys, presumably all 1106. I'm sure Steve-O is on there and maybe Goldberg, yeah, yeah. who knows. I can read the transcript. I'm looking at it right now. But, but these, this chain has gone on for a year and nobody really participates, but every once in a while, Floyd will send out a happy hump day, boys. <laughs> yeah, or something something stupid, you and know? They, you know, sometimes they might annoy me, but I'm not going to tell them they annoy me. <laughs> right, and sometimes they're just innocuous and, and it's no big deal. Yeah, it's but, just like, they annoy me because usually he's an hour ahead of me, so usually I'm still laying in bed and the phone blows up. I'm like, fuck, man. Well, the f particularly funny thing about this chain of events is that this dude's number has been on this chain for a year. And as you said, Floyd probably has singled him out thinking that it's it's Shaggy. 
And I can even fill in some of the mystery about how that might have happened, too. But go uh, on. Yeah. No, no. So go ahead, because I want you to pick it up, because I deleted the chain. All right. Well, I, you know, once this all went on, I was like, well, I got to, I was like, I got to send this to Shaggy. So I took a screenshot of the transcript. So here it starts out. Good Friday, gentlemen. Hope you all have a great Easter weekend. Because Floyd decided he had to give us a good Friday. <laughs> right, so that's typically the type of, of text message you're getting from Floyd. Yes. So this guy, New Shaggy, we'll call him, he he had text back, go away, all caps. <laughs> Floyd responds, not nice, Dave, a.k.a. Shaggy. <laughs> Which I think is great. That uh, 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 on a... Gr- on a text message, on a group message, amongst friends and assumingly college roommates, he calls him by his birth name, a.k.a. his nickname. <laughs> you know, and so that's sort of like, I think Floyd's thinking, maybe this is Shaggy and he forgot who we were or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking about that. Okay. And the guy responds, wrong number, dumbass fucking retard. <laughs> DP responds, ha, 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 the new Shaggy is a prick. So that's where I'm, I'm on a run on this Good Friday in the morning. Yeah. I've got like a five-mile run. I'm totally laboring through it. But every few minutes, one of these text <laughs> messages pops up, and I'm dying laughing. And then in all caps again, this guy responds, shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> and Steve-O responds, is this real life? <laughs> And then he responds in all caps, yes, you cunt. And then I respond, uh-oh, he's typing in all caps. He's really pissed, guys. And then the guy never responded again. <laughs> so I, I took a screenshot. And I got on the Facebook and sent a message to Shaggy. Uh, you know, I just put, so who is sporting your old cell number now? This is happening this morning. Shaggy responds, sounds like a real classy guy. Pretty funny. Have I been including these conversations for years without knowing that's probably why he finally got pissed. <laughs> Which I is, think Floyd has probably been texting you for texting quote unquote you for a few years now. BP two, I'm sure. You know, and I asked him for his number. You know, and, and this is the secret though. He responds, he gives me his home number and he gives me his cell number. He says, I get a work cell phone, so my number changes every time that I change employment. Hope you were doing well, bud. <laughs> ah, so you must have had an old work yes, cell this phone. I got the old, uh, the old shaggy cell phone number. <laughs> well, I love that the guy had a year where he just it was just dealt, enough. Just he dealt with this. Point on Good Friday, and and but Good Friday was where he drew the line. Yes. <laughs> He's like enough. He might. He's probably in construction himself because it probably came from another construction company. Okay. You know, he's that's having, what Shaggy it's does. Early morning because he's, you know, he's two hours behind Floyd and he's up all early. He's got to get out to the site and he's like, "Great, this bullshit again." <laughs> Last fucking year, all these assholes do is wish each other happy Good Friday. <laughs> and for some reason, November sixth is a big deal to him. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, man. April third. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's way past my bedtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for me to get my dessert and get ready to go to bed. Good times, man. Good times. Well, Letterman got to cherish it since Letterman's gone off the air. Yes, yes. Uh, then on that note, with apologies to Girk's brother, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, good night, Fredo, and fuck you, new Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> we